Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 232, Your Urban Legends, number 50. And I'm glad, Julia, that it's a teaching moment that all of us can learn that L is the Roman numeral for 50. I only know that because I watched one Super Bowl once. I'm like, what is L? Why is the Super Bowl large? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, loss? Is that what L is for in sports? <laughs> no, it is not. It is the Roman numeral for 50. Well, you know, I bet that our new patron, Laura, knew that already and did not feel silly like I did when I looked at the headline and was like, is that a typo? Why'd someone put an L there? We're proud of you, Laura. We are. And we are proud of our supporting producer level patrons, Alicia, Allison, Brian, Deborah, Hannah, Jane, Jessica Kinzer, Jessica Stewart, Justin Keegan, Nieselkins, Liz, Megan Linger, Megan Moon, Phil Fresh, Polly, Captain Jonathan Malachi, Cosmos, Sarah, Scott, Skyla, and Zazie. So good. All of them. If they're interested in sports, I bet their team wins the Super Bowl every year. Oh, hell yeah. And thank you to our legend-level patrons who are in the Spirits Patron Hall of Fame. Audra, Chimera or Change, Clara, Drew, Jack Marie, Jay Bebe, Key, Lada, Morgan, Necro Royalty, Taylor, and BME Up Scotty. I think instead of like a cool ring mm -hmm. they get whenever our legends win the Spirits Super Bowl, whatever that is. Yeah. I think it's just like a gem-encrusted goblet. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm into it. And Julia, are you the kind of person who would like drink water out of your goblet and like anything all day and like that is the interesting part? Or do you save for special occasions? No, I'm drinking out of that goblet all day, every day. Yeah, I want to like pour orange juice in my goblet and be like, this is me drinking orange juice out of a goblet. Like, what do you want? Cheers. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, exciting uses of good things, what have you been reading, watching, or listening to recently? I have been reading, actually, I just finished this book called The Good Luck Girls by Charlotte Nicole Davis. It was pitched to me as Westworld meets The Handmaid's Tale. It is like a fantasy Western, and it's very good. I cool. really enjoyed it. There's ghosts and there's people running away and there's running from the law. It's a lot of fun. I love that so much. I'm going to have to pick it up myself. It's a lot of fun. And I believe the sequel is coming out soon, which is why I picked up the first one, because I pre-ordered that sequel. That is my favorite time to read a sequel. I just I can't abide waiting between installments. You know me. Can't do it. Can't do it. Unless you heard about the first book first. And then obviously you're like, oh, now I have to wait for the sequel. But this time. I came prepared. Well, if you don't like waiting around for stuff, I have great news for you, which is that there is almost two years of Head, Heart, Gut, Multitude's friendly weekly debate show that you can access by joining the Multi-Crew. This is the membership program that we have where you can help support Multitude as a whole and help us do cool new stuff, help us write the free articles that we write, do the free consulting that we do. And then as a reward, you get Head, Heart, Gut, where we are debating this month the best video game protagonist. I chose Spyro the Dragon. A bold choice. I know he's not like the obvious pick, but he's my pick. I have to go with my heart here. And so if you want to hear why Spyro the Dragon, in my mind, is the best video game protagonist of all time, you really got to check out multicrew.club. That is the website where you can join the multi-crew for as little as five bucks a month. Yeah, I saw Mike's pick for this argument and I had like distinct flashback to 2001 moment and that was intense. Yeah, it is a very intensely structured debate show about extremely uh, low stakes topics. So, you know, that's the multitude way. It is. It truly is. Well, Julia, short of recommending that everybody follow us on Instagram at Spirits Podcast because I've done a little uh, graphic makeover and, and I have new uh, style graphics coming out that I am pretty proud of, um, including last week's uh, with Dr. Moya and Julia and me. We had a little like our actual faces in a little like film 
you know, strip style graphic that I'm just really using Canva to its absolute maximum. Um, So apart from recommending that you uh, go and follow us there and enjoy that, I think all I have left to do is say that I hope you enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 232, Your Urban Legends, number 50. Woo! So I have a truly cursed firsthand account of something very silly that I did. Would you guys like to hear that? Yes. Yeah. I'm worried that it's truly cursed. I know. I, I have cursed. pictures for you, so Great. it might be truly cursed. We'll see what happens. Coming from Julia, that word really means a lot. Like you saying something is truly cursed. I'm ready. Jake and I do a lot of hiking, which we thoroughly enjoy. And it's a lot of fun and it's a good way of like getting outside and socially distancing because there's not a lot of people in the parks and you don't have to be in large groups or indoors. So it's a great way to like do things that are COVID friendly. So we went to this really nice preserve up on the North Shore of Long Island called Sands Point. It's basically like a rich dude built a really big castle house for his wife and she's like, I don't like it. So he's like, I built you a slightly smaller house and she's like, I don't like it. I'm going to divorce you. And then... (laughs) That happened. Sounds like a story told from the man's perspective, but we can just put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. The preserve is really nice. It's very easy to do like all of the trails in a single day if you want. And so Jake and I have done the trails a couple of times, but we were doing probably the most northern part of the trail, which is near a kind of like cliff area that overlooks the Long Island Sound. And I noticed this like not marked trail but like clearly people had walked through this area multiple times so i was like you want to go that way and jake is like "Mm." i'm like we're going and went (laughs) down the trail (laughs) we keep walking for a little bit and there's not really anything going on and then i see this thing in the distance and i'm like like a thing in the distance what is that don't like a thing close up either (laughs) (laughs) and so jake went I don't know. I was like, we should go see what it is. And he's like, yes, excellent. Like every white woman in every horror movie ever. Yeah, yeah. And so we approach it. Jake Jake is a true uh, champion and true gentleman because he's like, you stay back here. I'm going to investigate because it might be dangerous. So what shape is this thing at this point? I'm going to send you photos so you can see what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, what what level of intrigue? Like, is this definitely creepy or is it just something where you're like, interesting, is that a statue? I felt like I was in the Blair Witch, and you'll see why, because the Mm. photos are now in the team chat. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, yes. This is a a standard lean-to in the woods. Yes, but in an unmarked part of the woods where there shouldn't be a lean-to, nor someone living in the, like, nature preserve that we were hiking in. I'll be honest. I mean, I've seen stuff like this when I've gone in the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. In weird, random parts of it. The only thing I don't like about this is that in picture three, there is a pallet that has mm-hmm. been set yeah. down as as permanent flooring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't just like some kids taking some time over a summer. But like someone brought in some heavy duty lumber to mm. help build this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like shockingly ornate. It's very like curved and they had to have found all of this, you know, dead wood in order to make this lean-to. It is like surprise there was like little gates and stuff. I thought I was going to get trapped by the fae walking through the little mm. gates. 
Yeah. I mean, this looks like a like a sculpture with lots of like big, beautiful branches making a sort of like, you know, cone shaped area with a pallet under it as flooring. And then there's like a hallway. There's kind of like a secondary structure. The puzzling thing to me is that like this is not someone's home. Like if this was like someone's dwelling place with their stuff there in a campfire, I'd be like, mm-hmm. rock on. I'm not going to, you know, not going to say anything. But this is definitely like the husk of a fairy bower. Mm-hmm. Like and it's not a sculpture because... The palette. So those two elements together uh, are really throwing me for a loop here. Yeah, there was no fire. There was no like indication that someone was currently living in there, like stuff or food or anything like that. Right. Which made it infinitely creepier, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, this is not like, this is not like a place that someone can sleep. Like the walls are, you know, they're not walled. There's no tarp, nothing like that. So who the fuck and why? (laughs) Who and why? Great questions. We know the where. We can assume the how. Don't like Fascinating. It. Don't like it. So that was my truly cursed experience in the woods in the past couple of weeks. You weren't kidding. I've got a similarly cursed location that I'd like to start the episode proper with. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the kind of thing that is Eric safe, but not something we end an episode on. Okay. It's that, it's that creepy enough. So, So this is titled... Creepy ghost kids that want to be your friend. Uh oh. And it comes from Elsa, who is from Sweden. So, this is her story. I was listening to your Urban Legends episode about creepy kids and remembered a legend about creepy ghost kids that I heard when I was little. I personally don't believe in ghosts, but it is a creepy, cool story to tell in the dark around a fire. I tried to research the subject, but my best source is my dad. Hope you enjoy. Hell yeah. Close to where I live lies a cemetery and a school. They are so close to each other that the only thing dividing the two is a small gravel road. They shouldn't be that close to each other. They just shouldn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just like cemetery and church. Cemetery and school? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with a pub being a stone's throw and like within earshot of Julia's and my old church. But that is a combo that even I think is a little bit, a little bit off. Yeah. Mm. In the corner of the cemetery closest to the school lies a small grave with seven small crosses. It is said that this grave is from around the 1600s and is the resting place for seven small children. If you look at the gravestone, you can see the remains of names on the crosses that are too old to read. Uh Uh-uh. That makes it sound like it's like hidden to the now world. I think they've just uh, they've just decayed over time more than they are too old to read the sacred text or something like that. <laughs> the children are said to have died from an illness from a nearby orphanage and went to school at that school by the cemetery. Again, there's something wrong with your school slash your orphanage if you need to build a cemetery nearby it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the 1600s. There's a lot of things wrong with a lot of stuff, especially in medicine. <laughs> And an old school, my God. It is said that if you look really closely, when the clock strikes midnight, you can see a line of seven children walking from the cemetery to the school. The school was finally closed in 2009 because of mold. (gasps) Or was it something else? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to laugh, but damn. (laughs) It was probably something else. It was, I mean, or was the mold created by something else? There you go, ghosts, mold. My dad and me both have attended this school and have never met any ghosts, but has heard of ghost sightings and other paranormal activities from inside the bathrooms and the classrooms. Classic haunted bathroom in a school. 
I know, classic haunted toilet. It said that one pupil stayed late one day in the winter, so it was getting dark. It gets dark around 4 p.m. in the winters here. She was hurrying home when she heard a little voice say, stay and play with me, and do you want to be my friend? Mm -mm. She ran out as fast as she could. Mm. Hope you like it, and hope you got some shivers from Elsa. I do not want to be your friend, small child. You are, one, a small child, and two, a ghost. What could we play? What games could you play with a ghost? Because as we've talked about, I think it takes some doing. Hide and seek. I mean, it's right there. Oh, okay. That's the obvious one. That's true. That's true. I was going to say, we've talked about how I think kind of corporeal interactions, you know, take some doing for a ghost to achieve. So I think hide and seek, Eric, fantastic. I don't know how that didn't occur to me. Tag would be infinitely creepy. <laughs> it wouldn't be. Also, the ghost would win every time. You can't touch that ghost if they don't want you to touch him. Any horror movie that is also the name of a children's game is probably something you can play with a ghost. That is true. Yeah, that good point. Hmm. I have more haunted woods stories. Would y'all like some of those? Yeah, of I love it. So this story comes from Haley, and it is titled Mystery Park, an alternate reality. Mm, I love alternate reality stories. Let's do it. So Haley writes, what it do, Spirits fam? I've been a longtime listener and have finally decided to put together one of my spooky experiences. I probably have enough ghost experiences to give you a full episode, but I will tell you about one of them here. When I was a mere child of around six to eight years old, my best friend and I had a park that we loved going to. The park never had a sign with a name on it, but my pal and I liked to simply call it Mystery Park. The actual playground was fairly small, but it had a lot of surrounding woods and a creek around it. We prefer to explore the forest area, you know, over the park. I appreciate that. I don't like a park with no name. Mm. Mystery. <laughs> I don't like that. Like, parks should have names. Even if just a little tiny sign, they should, they should have some designation. I'm sure it has a name, probably just as a six to eight year old, they didn't know it. Maybe there wasn't a sign, but I'm sure like th on the town map, it does clearly say like burr, 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 park. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but I feel like even if there is a name to it on like ordinances or elsewhere in the town, if I enter a park that is not marked as a park, I feel like I'm still spiritually potentially overstaying my welcome and like hanging out in someone's home slash yard slash you know fairy zone well here's the thing you might be right with this story we'll see great during our explorations of the forest area one day we found a bunch of clothes scattered around the park nothing too weird about that right no no lots of things weird about that we decided this mysterious bundle of clothes needed investigating a couple of weeks passed with no new findings at the park until we did find something we came across an axe buried in a tree and a briefcase full of money in a creek that appeared to have been there for a while as the briefcase was covered in algae hey hey stop writing fake stories to this email address <laughs> no this is very good this did not happen this is ludicrous. This is not true. This is something out of a young adult <laughs> fiction book because there is absolutely no chance this is an actual thing that has is happening. It has to have happened to someone. Otherwise, where would that trope have come from in the young teen mystery novels? Are we certain this isn't an episode of Ozark? Could be. Mm. It really, It really could be. So we did what any person would naturally do in a situation like this. We freaked the fuck out and had no idea what to do. We went straight to my friend's dad and told him what we found. He naturally called the police and they started an investigation. Since then, I've tried to find this mystery park, but to no avail. 
I can't remember where the park is, couldn't find any news articles related to the things that we found, nothing. My friend, who I haven't spoken to in 10 years, still remembers these events vividly, but wasn't able to find the park either. Maybe we were in an alternate reality. Maybe it's a huge cover-up. The world may never know. Anyways, let me know if you guys are interested in more about my spooky life. I am. I have stories ranging from being haunted by heck puppers to exploring a couple of haunted towns where I live to experiencing how someone died. I love the show and I hope you guys are staying spooky. And that's from Haley. I got to know about haunted by heck puppers because mm-hmm. I don't think a heck pupper would ever haunt someone. So I need, well, I need yeah. some evidence. More like hanging out with you and wanting to be your friend. Exactly. That's haunting. You that's know. what I'm talking about. Sign me up. Heck pupper loves to be friends only slightly wants to drag you down to hell that's why they're heck puppers and not hellhounds <laughs> extremely true do you guys want to hear a story of a slightly more wholesome forest spirit of course i do yeah this email comes from sauna and it's titled dutch urban legend the white women slash the white creatures Ooh. sauna writes Hello, spooky people. I've been wanting to send you a Dutch urban legend for ages, but until recently, I didn't have any supernatural experience myself. Before I go into detail about my own experience, I would like to tell you the common tale of the Vitvieven, or white woman. I'll refer to them as the white women because the pronunciation is hard even for Dutch people. I tried Dutch folks. The white women are mythical creatures quite similar to banshees that are described as good creatures that can prevent accidents from happening, but they're also often involved in disaster. Like Mothman. I know, right? (laughs) The white women are most spotted near the north of the Netherlands. They live near water, like lakes, and hide between hills during the day. But when the moon awakens, so do they. The legend says that if you're near water in the dead of night, the white women will appear. You'll be frozen in fear and you won't be able to move a muscle. If your heart is pure, they will not harm you and might even help you. But if you have evil in your heart, they won't have any mercy. They might reach out their hand to dance with you, but under no circumstances take their hand. No People dancing. People who do will never see the light of day again. We're the footloose town. No dancing. Similar to the Scottish sieve and Celtic banshee, the white women will switch a newborn human child with a fairy baby sometimes. These babies are said to be evil and will curse the family. No. There are also stories of pregnant women that had seen these white women when giving birth. One of the women explained that the white women would float near the bed and even help with the birth. The mother said that her baby was healthy, and after the baptism, a possible curse would have been lifted. Eric didn't like that one. No. It's not good. I don't, that's just, I don't know, supernatural midwife seems unnecessary. Okay, that's fair. Was there a curse on the baby before the birth, and then they removed it? Or were they like, hey, I'm around, here's some help, but your baby's cursed, but if you baptize it, because this is somehow Christianized, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, that. I feel like it is the latter. I feel like it is the help comes at a cost, and then giving your baby up to Catholicism is the... (laughs) Damn. Quotes out of context. (laughs) that I don't want getting out. (laughs) Yeah, it super sounds like a thing a grandma would say in order to convince, you know, her her kid to baptize her baby. Yeah. Sana continues, I have also met these spirits. I was driving at night, tired as hell after a long day of babysitting near Gelderland. This place has a lot of hills and there was not a soul to be seen. Well, so I thought. It was quite foggy and I couldn't see far. I was just cruising whilst listening to the Tatterhood episode when I heard a female voice outside my car. I looked around but couldn't see anything until I looked straight ahead. I saw a foggy white silhouette 
But when I blinked, it was already gone. Do you know what I hate? The idea of hearing a voice very steadily while I'm driving my car. Yeah. From the outside? No, 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 no. Yeah, me too. Either it's outside and keeping up, which is bad, or inside, which is worse. Yeah, no, don't love that. I looked in both my mirrors, but there wasn't any sign that there had been anyone or anything there. Now listen, I am a skeptic, but when I arrived home, I heard that my aunt had just given birth. She had been due in a week but got contractions early. The kid was completely healthy and hopefully isn't a changeling. I would like to think that the white women wanted to warn me that the baby had been born. Well, I hope you enjoyed this creepy, hopefully cool tale. I'll maybe write in with some other Dutch or Germanic urban legends. Stay creepy, Zana. Hey, listen, we love changelings on this show. They're definitely not cursed and uh, no. they're great. So Absolutely. You love your baby for who they are, especially if they're a changeling. Especially if they're a changeling. Well, I find myself parched after all of this work, all of this sighting, all of this gasping. You guys want to join me for a refill? Oh, hell yeah. I would love to. Let's go. Julia, we are sponsored this week by Skillshare, who is our oldest running sponsor. I love that we get to talk about them every month and also talk about some amazing classes that we have been taking and really enjoying. And I recently watched Houseplant Care 101 Tips for the New Plant Parent by Carmen Whitehead. And I love it. A, her background is just beautiful with her plants growing, but it also goes over basics that like, unless somebody teaches you about it, there's no way for you to know that you have to Google things like, you know, what type of pot is good? Good. Are my plants hungry? Humidity question mark? You know, how to water them. And it is just really nice to kind of go back to those fundamentals and see what Carmen, who is extremely sweet woman, who really enjoys her plants. And it's just very soothing to watch. And it's that patented Skillshare thing where like all of the video installments, all of the little lessons are like five to 10 minutes long. It really genuinely fits into your day and helps you to, to improve your skills, to improve your life, to pick up a new hobby or interest or creative passion. And that's what Skillshare is all about. So you can go to Skillshare.com slash spirits, where our listeners get a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash spirits for a free trial of premium membership today. That class sounds really good, especially because I came home the other day and my peace lily had just slumped over dramatically. We left her alone for a day and she's like, oh, I can't. I can't deal with this. So I clearly need to take that class. Thank you, Skillshare. They're so dramatic. Then they wilt and like 15 minutes later, they're just like back to back to form. Amanda, there is nothing better than knowing that some of my favorite restaurants are reopening now after like all pandemic times and whatnot. And the fact that I can order from them from DoorDash. It is so nice to be like, type in spicy home tasty, get my Mapo tofu delivered straight to my door. There is nothing better to start the summer than with Mapo tofu, the spiciest dish that I can find. But I'm able to get it because of DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants that you love right now and right to your door. And you can get stuff like even grocery essentials through DoorDash. You can get drinks, you can get snacks, you can get household items delivered in under an hour. And ordering is always really easy. You just open that DoorDash app, you choose what you want from where you want it, and your items are left safely outside your door with a contactless delivery drop-off setting. It's great. And for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code CREEPYCOOL, all one word. Get some Mapo Tofu on us. That's 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code CREEPYCOOL. Don't forget that's code CREEPYCOOL, all one word, for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, subject to change, terms apply. 
Amanda, I don't know about you, but I've been sleeping really well lately. I don't know about you. How have you been sleeping? Also very well. And certainly it helps that the days are longer and I am spending more time outside because it is just like, oh, thank God it is eight o'clock and I can still walk around my neighborhood. But it's also because I genuinely look forward to going to bed every night, which was never true before because I get to lay down in the buttery soft. That's right, folks. It's my Brooklyn and duvet cover, my Brooklyn and fitted sheet, my Brooklyn and pillowcases. And as it gets warmer out, Amanda, it is so nice to have just like breathable, beautiful, soft bedwear, you know? It is. It is so important. And then I get to start my day with Brooklyn and not just in my bed, but I get to motivate myself to get out of bed because I get to use my Brooklyn and towel after the shower. I'm I'm not kidding, everybody. I'm using my own human money to replace all my linens with Brooklynins because they are so wonderful. They are all about making beautiful and high quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. And people, it has been a success. They actually work. They're doing it very, very well. They have towels, like we said, breathable sheets, cozy robes, and comfy loungewear. The robes. Oh my God, I know the robes. And loungewear, where I wear Brooklinen loungewear t-shirts to work most days. They are so incredible. And they are so confident about their core products that they come with a 365-day warranty. And people who use them like us are extremely confident too. They have received over 75,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. So give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code SPIRITS to get $20 off your minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code SPIRITS for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code SPIRITS. And now let's get back to the show. I have been uh, back on a bit of a whiskey kick. I mean, I've never really not been on a whiskey kick, but I've been <laughs> I've been more exclusively drinking whiskey instead of beer in the in the coming out of winter into spring season for some reason. And I picked up a, uh, a just a, a new rye from a name of a place, a distillery that I've never really given much thought to why we say this. So on the world map, you've got the area known as the Mideast or the Middle East. And you've got over here in America, you've got the Midwest. But what no one ever says is Middle West. <laughs> That's true. Which is very weird, I realize. But this is from Middle West Distilling. And mm-hmm. they make a great rye. I had some last night. And it's it's very enjoyable, very good. But I was mostly just, I looked at the name and I went, huh, Middle <laughs> West. Very, no one ever says that. No one for no reason would say that. It's just very strange that we use both for, for the East. Yeah. But, but only one for the West for some reason. But that's what I've been drinking. It's very good. If you can find it, pick it up. I'm sure it's, uh, I think it's from Ohio. So if you're in the Ohio or surrounding states, you might be able to find the it. The Middle your, West your region. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the Middle West region of the country. So I, I recently took a little vacation to one getaway and also to house sit for my mother-in-law. And she lives almost like like a 10 minute drive away from Dogfish Head Brewery. Incredible. So I always go and I get whatever they have like new and on tap when I'm down there. And this time they had the mango smoothie, which was really, really good. It's a fruited tart ale. It's got like mango and vanilla and like tastes like a little bit like a mango tart or a mango pie crust. It's it's really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I have to find a place up here in New York now that sells it. Did you say smoothie? Smoothie. S-M-O-O-V-I-E. Okay. Smoothie. Smoothie. I didn't just say smoothie weird. I promise. I assumed you did it, but I was just like, what a what a word that is. What a is. word. 
Julia, the moment you said the word, what I heard as smoothie, I heard the ice cream truck. <gasps> and there is an ice cream truck outside the office. But because I'm in the studio, the acoustics are such that the window and all of the walls, no sound gets through them except for the door behind me, where the little window pane of the door, some sound can get in. So it sounded, y'all, like the ice cream truck was right behind me. <laughs> Haunted ice cream truck. That said, I have been drinking some Bold Rock Watermelon Hard Cider, oh, which yeah. uh, our friend brought back for us from Charlottesville, Virginia. And it is delicious. I love Bold Rock. I don't get it very much. It isn't distributed that much here in the Northeast. So whenever our friends go down, we always ask them to bring back some Bold Rock. I know this is a word that they use in advertising. It's very crushable. Like I could drink mm. four of these in a row very easily. So if you have Bold Rock, near you, I super suggest picking up a sample pack or a couple different flavors and seeing what you like. It's a good beach drink. It is. Nice. I've got a, a somewhat sweet story, you know, is kind of the opposite of, of my last story. I like it. This is titled Creepy Child. And you guys want to guess what animal I'm going to say? Mm, mm, mm. Horse. Close. Wolf. Wolf. Less close. But, all, <laughs> but close in a different way, I guess. Creepy Child. <laughs> And a moose. Oh, okay. Okay. Moose, kind of big like a horse, but in the woods like a wolf. And quite aggressive like wolves. That vault is also very true. Yeah, if you see a moose, you see an elk. No, no, no. Get away. Get Leave. away. Not those things will fuck stuff up. So this comes to us from Katie, and she writes I love this show and completely agree that kids are creepy because I have one, possibly two. We aren't sure about my youngest daughter since she's only four months old. <laughs> Okay, okay. I thought you meant like, there's definitely one child, there might be a second one, who can say? <laughs> I think I had twins, I have completely lost track. It's very stressful in the house right now. Fair enough. I mean, it also would be kind of very bad if you knew your child was a creepy child and they were only four months old and like couldn't roll over yet and basically just like flailed and or screamed in a, in a creepy way. That's a full Rosemary's baby situation. <laughs> yes. A full Rosemary's. <laughs> My oldest daughter is two and is a really smart child. She has been able to articulate how she feels and what's going on with ease. With that being said, one night I was in bed and could hear over the baby monitor my daughter talking and saying stuff like, I love you. Baby monitors are inherently creepy to me. It's like it's like you're bugging your baby. And the fact that they like do things when you're not around, like talk to things that aren't there, scares the shit out of me. I don't know what current baby technology is like. The baby, baby monitor tech. technology. Eric, baby technology has come a long way since your and my sisters were born. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's why I like... Is the signal on baby monitors like actually had some level of decent fidelity now? Because back then, I think it was just like bad shortwave radio, which only increased the creepiness because yeah. of how bad it, it audibly sounded. They're Bluetooth now. They're Bluetooth Wi-Fi yeah. enabled now. So I think, in fact, maybe it's creepier than just kind of like what sounds like the snatches of audio from like a radio station far away as you're driving around a hill. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, of course, blew it off as she was talking to her toy. But about a week later, she woke up in the middle of the night crying, and not just a normal cry, but a blood-curdling scream. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I immediately ran to her room to go and get her. After calming her down, she said Papa was not here. I asked her what she said, and she said Papa not here. Papa was my grandfather, and I was extremely close to him. The thing is, he passed away nearly four years before she was even born. I had also moved a moose painting that was my <laughs> grandfather's from her bedroom closet. We went into the living room and she saw the moose painting. She yelled, Papa. I've now put the moose painting up in her room and she hasn't woken up screaming since. 
I'm pretty sure our papa is making sure she feels safe at night. I do also love the idea. I, I like this extremely plausible, spooky idea here, but I do also love the idea that maybe your child thinks that the painting of the moose is what papa is. Yeah. Yeah, and associates that word with like either moose or painting, which I think is adorable. So Katie, uh, if and when you f perform more research and as your child's vocabulary grows and you can get a sense of what category of noun Papa applies to, I would love to hear it, please. I picked this one a lot because my grandfather did a lot of paintings of a lot of like outdoors scenes and stuff. And I'm sure we have one somewhere uh, that we haven't hung up here of a moose. So I was just like, oh, yeah, that that reminds me a lot of, of my of my childhood. Oh, was the moose painting also creepy that your grandfather did, Eric? No, his creepiest one is definitely of General Custard. It's got some real, <laughs> real uh, questionable imagery, uh, I would say. Can you find a picture of it and please send it to us? I don't know if it's suitable for air, but I certainly want to see it. I want to personally see it. I mean, it's a it's a very artistic, it's a take. I don't think there's anything offensive about it, but it's also like unsettling in a way that I'm like, I don't like hanging this. I think I gave it to another family member because like once when my grandparents passed away, we divvied up all the paintings because he painted a lot. There were like 40 paintings that he wow. did. And so like everybody took like four. And so I have a bunch. <laughs> of them. Please find which relative you gave the general custard yeah. to, because I want to know. I don't know if this is true, Eric, and if it's not true, don't tell me. If you have a guest bathroom, like a guest room with its own little bathroom or powder room. I do have that. I can confirm that is true. Excellent. I would like for you to give it a very dense and dark wallpaper, like kind mm -hmm. of Victorian or like Jekyll and Hyde Club rip wallpaper vibes. Oh, our house is very HGTV gray, so we've already we've already <laughs> covered dark wallpaper. In the Excellent. Bathroom. Oh, hell yeah. And then I think you should hang every painting you own in that bathroom. Make it as creepy as possible. Keep the doors closed. I think you should never let anyone in there unless they're an overnight guest. Mm. And then when overnight guests do come, I will have forgotten I said this. And so assuming I'm able to stay with you guys <laughs> one true. day, I will go in and be extremely startled. But overall, I think this is useful for you because then your guests won't overstay their welcome. They'll come once. They'll come twice. They'll come when they have to, but they won't just come to, to chill. I don't know if that's the energy I want to bring to my house. <laughs> Look, it's been a long 13 months. The last thing I want is to signal to people stay away from my creepy bathroom and my house. <laughs> I read a lot of advice columns and I really want to at some point like give somebody a sort of like heist level of planning to deal with a social problem that they could otherwise just say something about. Like if mm. you had a repeat house guest who just like would overstay their welcome and you were not like, hey, please stop. I think that yeah. would be a great idea. And anyone listening who has that issue in the future when you're able to have guests again then you get tired of them go ahead run with that this comes from eva and is titled is my sister the reincarnation of my grandfather okay parentheses creepy kids Potentially. parentheses maybe eric proof parentheses there's a feel-good twist at the end i like eric proof <laughs> you can't mess this one up eric dude. can't fuck this one up no yeah <laughs> even eric can't mess this one up <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eva starts, hi all and thank you for reading my email. I'm currently marathoning a lot of spirits and I love your show. I look forward to hometown urban legends in particular, even though some of them creep me the F out, because I listen to your show while I do laundry all by myself in the attic where our washer and dryer are. Sometimes I get so scared by the story I'm listening to, I just have to take off my headphones and look over my shoulder to make sure there are no ghosts or creepy kids doing laundry with me. The attic? I'm so sorry for that one story that we told about the haunted laundry room now. My apologies. I'm befuddled by putting your washer and dryer in the attic. Ours is on the uh, the second floor. 
But like the attic, like just why would you have plumbing going up to the attic? That in, the, that in itself yeah. is creepy. So what was up there before that? Why did you need plumbing in your attic? When I said laundry room in the attic, both Julia and Eric cover their faces with their hands. Julia because of the laundry room. Eric because of the fact that it's in the attic. And I totally agree. If there's a flood, it goes down your whole house instead of just yeah. in your basement or whatever. That's why you put it in the basement. In the basement. Can't flood anywhere if it's in the basement, just into the ground. Oh, did I tell you guys? We're getting water in our basement. It's terrible. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I I was excited for you. Like, oh, you're getting plumbing down there? Awesome, no. man. But nope. Oh, we're getting uncontrolled plumbing. Just, no, just a no. little bit of water coming out one side of the wall. Oh, no. Eric, I'm not going to lie to you. You make owning a home sound like a nightmare sometimes. It's great. It's it's great. I really appreciate it. Let me tell you, sometimes you'll, your home warranty company will send a guy to fix the garage spring, which is a thing, it turns out. Oh, yes. And he'll just kind of fuck it all up a bit more than it was when he got there. He'll fix some of it. Oh, he'll good. put the spring in right. But everything else is kind of just a little bit worse off now somehow. I'm extremely happy to be spending most of my income on rent. Thank you. Oh. Eva continues. All the while, I've known a creepy kid ever since she was born. My sister. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get to the creepy part, you have to know, a little sad, but a bit of a backstory. My grandfather on my mom's side passed away before me and my sisters were born. My mom was pregnant with me when it happened. I'm the eldest, so we never had a chance to meet him and mostly got to know him through my mom's stories. Even though she told us a great deal of those stories throughout the years, the creepy kid story that inspired this email took place when my sister was around three years old, probably a little too young to have memorized any stories about our grandfather at that time. Now, the thing with my sister is she used to sleepwalk when she was a toddler. Pausing here to say... Whenever we picture sleepwalking kids, I picture, like, school-age children. The idea of a sleepwalking mm. toddler for whom walking is a project. Yeah. There's a reason they are called a toddler. <laughs> Particularly creepy to me. Pretty often my mom would find her sitting in bed, back straight against the headboard, staring into nothingness. Oh, hard no. She was pretty hard to get through to in these moments, looking like she was daydreaming or dreaming with her eyes open. And it always was quite clear that her mind was someplace else. Usually my mom would hug her, lay her back down in bed, tuck her in, and she would fall back asleep. The next morning, she never seemed to remember waking up in the middle of the night, and we just assumed that she would grow out of it eventually, because, you know, kids are sometimes creepy. Uh-oh. One night, though, my mom walked in on one of her ghostly stairs, and my sister actually did wake up. It was like some sort of spell broke. And relieved, my mom cuddled her for a while. They talked about what they'd been doing that day. My mom was talking about how they walked in the park in the neighborhood where she herself grew up. And my mom described the pretty trees, the winding pathways, and the flowers, just to paint a nice picture for my sister to fall asleep to. Out of nowhere, she turns to my mom and says... When you were little and I was big, we would walk in the park too. Oh no, reincarnated child, big no, big no. My mom was confused and said to her, oh, do you mean that when you get bigger, we'll walk in the park then also? But my sister said, uh, no, no, no. When you were little and I was big, we would walk in the park. My mom, all of a sudden, very aware that this was also the park that she and her dad walked through thousands of times, got very freaked out and let the topic slide. My sister went back to sleep and, surprise, surprise, didn't remember anything about that conversation the next day. Now, given that my sister was very young, we could definitely chalk this incident up to, like, a toddler's grasp on grammar or time or even a children's fantasy. But my mom and I never could help but wonder if my sleepwalking, eyes wide open while dreaming little sister had some sort of spiritual connection to the afterlife. And if that were true, wouldn't it be nice to assume that my granddad did get to meet all of us after all, even if it was just spiritually? Do they mention if the sister grew out of the sleepwalking? 
Just in case you're worried, my sister grew out of her sleepwalking phase like we predicted, and she became one of those annoying people who can fall asleep the instant her head hits the pillow. Oh, fuck you. I know. Fuck you. The worst type of people. I, on the other hand, can lie awake for hours, especially after I listen to this kind of creepy, kind of cool podcast, but I wouldn't miss it for the world. Keep up the good work. Love, Eva. Oh, oh, Eva. I'm glad I don't have siblings because I didn't have to live (laughs) through all this creepiness. Yeah, I try to remember creepy instances from my siblings, but the ones I'll remember are like medical emergencies that I had to deal with. A little bit different. Yeah, you know, which are not not quite creepy in the fun way. But my sister would sometimes just like right next to my face, just wait for me to wake up, which I think is so charming. Adorable. (laughs) Well, thank you, Eva. And I'm glad that your sister is now the most privileged kind of sleeper that there is. (laughs) The best kind. So blessed. Very jealous. So I'm going to close this out with another man in the trench coat with a bowler hat update. No! Yes! Why are there so many of these? Why are there so many? So this comes in from Danimation Life. I like that name. And he writes, Thor versus Trenchy the Bowler Hat Creeper. Oh, Thor's in on it now. Mm. Hey, y'all. It's not the Thor you're thinking of. Hey, y'all. I've been listening to your podcast for about four years now and have always loved the Hometown Urban Legends episodes. I recently have been catching up and just listened to the Urban Legends with Trenchy updates and wanted to share my experience with him that didn't happen too long ago. About a month ago, I was visiting my parents' house in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. I was laying in my bed with my thinks-he's-a-lapdog 90-pound golden doodle Thor. It was midnight, and my dumbass had drank an energy drink at like 8 o'clock and thought, oh, well, I totally can sleep after that because I have insomnia, and that won't make it any worse at all. Anyways, I'm laying there all wide-eyed, staring at the ceiling, begging sleep to come, when all of a sudden Thor shifts and starts growling and then barking. And this is very odd because I've never heard Thor growl at anything. So I roll over to him thinking he's still asleep trying to comfort my little man and then realized that he was wide awake and growling at the corner of my room where the door to my room is. I follow his gaze as I'm whispering to him to calm down and that everything is all right when I see something in my doorway. Thinking that it was one of my parents coming down to tell Thor off for being so loud, I just said, hey, I'm taking care of him now, you can go. But I didn't get to finish my sentence because I got a better look at the figure and realized it was all wrong to be one of my parents. In the corner of my room, Trenchy was staring at me. I love that we're just calling him Trenchy now. (laughs) Then it hits me, a wave of cold. I couldn't move or anything, and it freaked me out. After what seemed like hours, I could feel Thor lunge off my bed, and that's what breaks me out of my stupor. I grab my TV remote and switch it on, because that's the closest light that I have, and Trenchy is blocking my way to my room light. This is why you should always have a, a lamp within reaching distance of your bed. Just saying. Yeah. I switch the TV on and look back, and he has vanished. Needless to say, I left the TV on, I rolled over, and I tried to sleep because I am totally team ignore it until it goes away. Team ignorant all the way. Over the last month, I'm happy to say that I haven't had any more experiences with Trenchy, but Thor has been sleeping in front of my door at nights in what I can only assume is his attempt to guard me while I sleep. What a good dog. What a good dog. I don't know if I truly had a Trenchy experience or if I semi-dozed off and had a lucid dream fueled by energy drinks and Thor picked up on that energy or what, but I appreciate my good pup guarding me while I sleep and no longer am drinking anything caffeinated that close to bed. Anyways, cheers, Danny. Fascinating. I love a good pup. I love a good pup that'll take care of the situation. A good angelic pup. 
I love that we kind of manifested this urban legend into being. I'm fine with that. We sort of collected all of the instances and listen, whether or not we're giving folks ideas that they then see, I don't really care. I think it is very fun and sort of the the kind of like evolution that I think spirits deserves in, in year six of our existence. Like I said, I want to be building lore. Let's yeah. build some lore out. Totally. Well, listen, we love hearing your urban legends, whether it's creepy kids, whether it's grandparents you're still connected to, whether it's trenchy, or whether it's weird shit you see in the woods. Please let us know. You can go to spiritspodcast.com and use the contact form to send us your urban legends. We love reading them and we are always hungry for more. And remember, listeners, stay creepy, stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafidi, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.